3: World Soccer Talk Radio, it's National Drink-A-Beer Day. Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, hello to all of you, whichever affiliate across the U.S. of A. you are listening on. Thank you for making this show a part of your daily plans. Thanks for subscribing to us in podcast form on iTunes. Tune in, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. Special hello, as always, to the men and women overseas listening on the American Forces Network. My name is Nate Abareya. a pleasure and a privilege to be with you. What a weekend. Started off on Saturday with some Premier League. Liverpool not only didn't lose, actually got three points against Aston Villa. Real nervy affair, a 3-2 win. And the return of Daniel Sturridge was definitely the highlight at Anfield. Liverpool 3, Aston Villa 2. Watched quite a bit more Premier League action, caught some Serie A, some La Liga, even some Bundesliga, But then it was time for the Super Classico. I came back to North America in my mental soccer safari for the weekend. The Super Classico, Chivas and Club America. And apparently it was turn back the clock day at Estadio Azteca. I didn't get that memo pre-match. But Omar Bravo, yes, Omar Bravo with a brace for Chivas as they beat Club America in Azteca 2-1. to one. I don't think Chivas are going to be relegated. I think Omar is taking it upon himself to keep Chivas in the top flight, do everything he can to say, hey, it's 2006-7 all over again. Omar doing big things. And shout-out to my folks over at Taqueria Mitiera in Watsonville. Double Chavelas during the Super Classico. It's the only way to do it. So then yesterday, my Sunday close to the – Soccer weekend was a nice trip back to Avaya Stadium where the San Jose earthquakes were holding on to some very slim playoff hopes. And it looked like Nick Ramondo was just going to say, no, no, no for 90 minutes some incredible saves from the ageless one Nick Raimondo until Matias Perez Garcia was aided by a brutal deflection late in the match and the quakes go up 1-0 and I saw something that I'd never seen before it's happened before in soccer it's happened actually in MLS before MPG Mr. Perez Garcia scores what ends up being the winning goal near the end of the match he's already on a yellow card he rips off his shirt in celebration You know what that means. Automatic yellow, second red, match-winning goal, and a red card for ripping off his shirt in celebration. You have got to be kidding me. Legend, MPG. He said, la euforia del momento. That's what took him a little far there. Guillaume Balague is with us on the other side of this break. World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. See the world's best matches. Live, wherever you are, with Fox Soccer To Go. Watch
0: select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games,
5: and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com.
6: This is a special announcement for all Americans who owe back taxes to the IRS or state. Pay attention. There is a special toll free hotline set up especially for you. This hotline will give you free information on how you can legally reduce or eliminate your tax debt. Call the Consumer Tax Hotline today at 1 800 282 1646. Grab a pin or put the number in your cell phone, but call 1 800 282 1646. When you call, you will speak with qualified companies that will tell you how to stop the collection calls, IRS letters, bank levies, and wage garnishments. Plus, these companies will deal directly with the IRS on your behalf, so you won't have to. Even If you haven't filed returns or you're already in a payment plan, you can still get relief. The current government administration is very amicable and wants to work out a program in your best interest. But this won't last forever, and your tax problem only gets worse if you do nothing or try to handle it yourself. It does make a big difference in who you call. So call the Consumer Tax Hotline today for free information. 1-800-282-1646. That's 1-800-282-1646.
5: If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of The Beautiful Game... NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, FreeSoccerTrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. Last Friday,
3: Allison Cohn made her status FBF to a pic of me as a pipsqueak. Awkward. It got 59 likes and 12 comments. Impressive, Allie. Geico also has a comment on your flashback Friday. Did you know Geico has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years? Bet you didn't even know they made cars back then. And if you think your flashback is awkward, you should see our pic. Hashtag blurry. Hashtag over 75 years of
0: savings. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
3: Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abareya. Tweet me at NateWST and tweet us all at World Soccer Talk. It is a pleasure and a privilege to welcome our guest into the show today. One of the best football writers that you are going to find, Mr. Guillaume Balagay. Guillaume, thank you so much for coming on.
4: My pleasure, Nate, but you have to answer me one question first.
3: Absolutely. Oh, see, he's already taken over. What's that? <laughs> Abaurrea. Is that Basque? Perfecto. You are one of the few people who just nails it off top. I am a proud, proud Basque man. Thank you so much. In, in fact, the town of Abarrea is about 60 miles north of Pamplona, uh, in the foothills of the Pyrenees. I have never been, but it is, ah. uh, I feel my, my duty, my ancestral duty uh, to someday go to the town of Abarea. Thank you so much uh, for that. Where does, where does the name uh, Balagay come from?
4: Well, actually, there's a village called Valagüe uh, in uh, in Lleida, in Lleida, which is one of the uh, uh, provinces of Catalonia. And generally, what it seemed to happen when uh, the, the 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 Jewish contingent was kicked out of Spain by the uh, Catholic kings, the ones that wanted to stay and become Catholic, they either kept the name of their professions or the village they lived in. So I reckon that's where where it came from all these years ago. Uh, 1492 is when they were kicked away, and I reckon that's probably where our surname came from Well,
3: tying this all back uh, to World Soccer Talk Radio, we are going to be talking (laughs) uh, about Catalonian independence and what it could mean uh, for for the biggest Catalonian club of all, of course, uh, Barcelona, and what it could mean for La Liga, and some recent comments uh, that definitely ruffled a few feathers from uh, La Liga president Javier Tebas. I cannot wait later in the program to talk all about uh, your latest piece of work, your new book coming out on Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, some of the things that folks can learn from this book and what they can expect from this book we'll get into all that a little bit later what i want to open up with and we're chatting about this off the air a few moments ago the director of football at a ninth tier english club named biggles wade united fc the director of football is a man by the name of Guillaume balaguay Please, sir, tell us how this opportunity came about, <laughs> and and what's going on with with Guillaume Balague and Wade United FC.
4: I can't believe the name has been mentioned in the United States, but uh, there you go. Now it's a, it's it's fantasy come true. is is a dream of mine to be part of uh, of football in a different way. I have been, of course, a, a journalist and a broadcaster, and uh, I'm writing books. But uh, about two years ago, I got my um, uh, B licensed badges, badges, so I, you know I, I fancy myself being a coach at some point, but I don't seem to have the time for it. Uh, linked to that, about six seven years ago, when the Spanish uh, financial crisis started, just before it, I was with uh, Gaizka Mendieta. You must remember him from from the from Valencia and and Lazio, etc. And I wanted to buy a football club in Spain, and the idea was to bring English players to Spain and develop them there didn't come out, and I'm glad he didn't because it will have <laughs> ruined us. But uh, there was that seed planted there. And uh, last October, I got an email from the chairman of Bigglesbury United, Chris Lewis, who said, um, we've got this club. Uh, there is the guy who does the grass. There is the secretary and me. Nobody else. Do you want to do something with it? And I didn't even ask which level they were in, which we and find out later on that it was ninth tier. And I said, yeah, yeah, of course, because... I think you find, and and you, Nate, probably find exactly the same, the more you talk to uh, people that know about football, the more you listen to them, the more you think you have answers to some of the problems that you may face in in this position, when you have to choose coaches, players, a way of doing things, a philosophy. And and I thought that after 22 years in the profession, uh, journalistic profession, I thought, I think I have answers. Let's have a look. And uh, took over in October, and since then, well, uh, a lot, a lot of things have happened. The latest of which is that on uh, on Saturday we're going to announce that Adidas is our main sponsor. Top Eleven being as well. So off the pitch is going, things are going really well, and uh, on the on the pitch we have to improve, of course. But uh, we should, we just started.
3: Well, Guillaume, what are your, your grand plans with this thing? What, what are you hoping to accomplish? And what is, is Biggles Wade United hoping to accomplish
4: here in the grand scheme of things? Well, I've been 22 years in England. And, and I've thought a, a lot about why English players don't get to the level they should get, why English clubs don't succeed more often, and why the England national team is, is, is terrible. And, uh, and at the back of it, there's always one thing, coaching. I'm convinced that via coaching, you can develop players. Via coaching, you can develop a club. You can take a club up the divisions. And that's the philosophy we've got. We want to be uh, two, couple of things. One, via coaching, we want to develop the local players the best they can be. We're going to be very professional about it. And this is not about how much we pay the players because we're paying zero at the moment. Uh, it's about behaving professionally and bringing professionals on board that can teach us how to do things and how to behave and how to play. So I've got a couple of uh, pro-licensed coaches, one, the head of the academy, Frank Constancio, and then Christian Collas, who is the, the head of the uh, head coach of the first team, that are leading the, that, that, that side of things. And secondly, we wanted to do this with the community. We wanted to do it with, uh, with, with the town, with Biggleswade, with the area, with Hertfordshire, with Bedfordshire. We want uh, local coaches to develop, uh, be developed by these guys that are pro-licensed and have got experience. I want to have in few years time, English coaches in charge of, of this, but English coaches that think differently to the ones that we can find now at the moment. So the hardest work is, I can tell you, to change people's mentality and to change the way people think and act and play. It is very, very hard. And perhaps I optimistically thought, a few months of this, it will start working. Well, no, it's going to be a lot longer than that. But once we put the foundations, uh, we've got an academy that we're starting as well, The plan is just to go up to divisions. Guillem,
3: you talk about the community You talk about the town You use words like player development and You talk about an academy system As as you may know we, we take a lot of time focusing on Grassroots soccer on this show Be it here in the US Be it up north in Canada, down south in Mexico Across the pond in England And, and all over Europe and the rest of the world It's something that, that I am very passionate about That we take a lot of time to focus on On this show And when I hear words like community, town, academy Player development Development. It sounds like grassroots soccer means a lot to you. Could you kind of expand on that and talk about what grassroots soccer really means to you as a human being and as a as a soccer mind?
4: You won't like me for what I'm going to say next, but uh, I hate the the word grassroots, and there's one reason for it. For me, everything is football. Uh, when I talk to Cristiano Ronaldo, when I talk to Messi, that's football. When I talk to Pep Guardiola, it's football. When when I sit having a beer with Christian Collas about the problems that the first team is facing, that's football. And, and I don't know, I, I've got the impression, and this probably comes from from, from England uh, originally, I've got the impression that by calling it grassroots football, it's something you can put in a box and, 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 and move aside and, mm. and leave it on its own. If it grows, fine. If it doesn't, who cares? I think this is football. What I'm doing here is football. And I, and I feel that football can give structure to kids, can give discipline, uh, can... Teach you how to uh, how to do the processes of learning. Uh, it can it can make you grow by helping each other. Just a lot of uh, really good values that work not only in football but in but in life. So I love football uh, the same way that you do and, and all our listeners. And and if you have the opportunity of, uh, of of you know you you you've been given the opportunity to have a club and and to develop it in the way you want and, and apply the philosophy you always thought that is the right one. What would you say? If I give you, Nate, that opportunity, what would you say? So it, it is a dream come true. And and all these things and all these words that I'm saying, they're not just words. Uh, I, I won't bore you with the amount of stuff that we're doing, but you can imagine uh, absolutely everybody, uh, apart, from the, apart from the coaches, are volunteers. And the coaches only get paid a, a small amount, and it's just so they can pay the, the petrol to get to to the training ground and to the matches. The rest we just put in our energy and love of the game to make sure that this works. And somehow, and I'm not sure exactly how, but I've attracted a lot of people that want to help. And this is people of the highest caliber in the business department. Uh, so we now have a business department, a marketing department, a media department. Uh, I lead the, the football side of things. And all together, we're just pushing this to to go where, where I think we can take a club like Beagles United, which is, as I'm saying, the limit will be, as much as the community can help us and the authorities, there is not enough pitches to train, and this is just sad and unbelievable state of affairs. But uh, we are working with uh, Top Eleven, which is our sponsors, to perhaps because they've got 120 million players, 120 million players. but well, who knows? Maybe they can help us build a 3G pitch or 4G pitch that will allow us to train the whole academy in the first team, and in that way, be, they, they will be part of what we're trying to do. So. As I'm saying, I won't bore you with all this, but there's so much we're doing. You have to come down one day and see it all with your own eyes.
3: Well, I look forward uh, to, to getting down to Biggles Wade United. And, and remember that you out there listening to this show, I love that quote and take this away from the show. Football is football, whether it's Real Madrid, Barcelona or Manchester United or Biggles Wade United. Football is football. Think about what that means in terms of the growth of the game and the longevity of the game that we love so much. Guillaume Balague is here with us on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, taking it to break here. And when we get back, we're taking a trip to Spain and talking about the latest comments from Javier Tebas, the president of La Liga, about Barcelona possibly not playing in La Liga if Catalonia were to gain full independence from Spain. And we'll talk about that Cristiano Ronaldo book, from Guillaume Balaguer, a little bit later in the show. It's World Soccer Talk Radio, Stay Tuned, Sports Byline, Broadcasting Network.
0: See the world's best matches. Live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app. Get the games and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere.
5: Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com.
3: Last Friday, Allison Cohn made her status FBF to a pic of me as a pipsqueak. Awkward. It got 59 likes and 12 comments. Impressive, Allie. Geico also has a comment on your flashback Friday. Did you know Geico has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years? Bet you didn't even know they made cars back then. And if you think your flashback is awkward, you should see our pic. Hashtag blurry. Hashtag
0: over 75 years of savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
5: If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for. FreeSoccerTrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J League from Japan, K League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish, and this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the US. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers.
6: This is a special announcement for all Americans who owe back taxes to the IRS or state. Pay attention. There is a special toll free hotline set up especially for you. This hotline will give you free information on how you can legally reduce or eliminate your tax debt. Call the Consumer Tax Hotline today at 1 800 282 1646. Grab a pin or put the number in your cell phone, but call 1 800 282 1646. When you call, you will speak with qualified companies that will tell you how to stop the collection calls, IRS letters, bank levies, and wage garnishments. Plus, these companies will deal directly with the IRS on your behalf, so you won't have to. Even If you haven't filed returns or you're already in a payment plan, you can still get relief. The current government administration is very amicable and wants to work out a program in your best interest. But this won't last forever, and your tax problem only gets worse if you do nothing or try to handle it yourself. It does make a big difference in who you call, so call the Consumer Tax Hotline today for free information. 1-800-282-1646. That's 1-800-282-1646.
3: Welcome back into World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, WorldSoccerTalk.com, and the American Forces Network. My name is Nate Abareya. Tweet me at NateWST and tweet us at World Soccer Talk. Pleasure and a privilege to be joined by Guillaume Balague in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio. And it's time to take a trip not only to uh, Spain, we're heading... Specifically to Catalonia for for this next conversation, Guillaume, And I want to first lay out the latest comments uh, from La Liga president Javier Tebas saying that Barcelona could potentially not play in La Liga if Catalonia were to gain full independence from Spain. What do you make of, of those comments coming from the president of La Liga himself?
4: Well, the conversation I had before talking to you was with Javier Tebas for an hour. And, uh, and he was just stating a fact uh, and anything else is out of his control. And the fact is, if Catalonia becomes independent, then the, there will be a different country. By the way, there won't be in the European Union, not for starters, we, we think. So that means that according to the law of sport, which was uh, voted in by, uh, uh, by parliament in the 90s, it means that they won't, they won't be able to play in the Spanish league. It's just as simple as that. After that, of course, what he says is then the, politi- the politicians, the governments, the Catalan government, the Spanish government will have to agree what to do next, because perhaps the best thing is that actually Barcelona and Espanol stay in, in, in La Liga, which obviously is what Tebas and La Liga would like it to happen then that has to be approved uh, by FIFA, etc. So uh, what, what we are talking is um, Tebas just putting on the table a fact, simply that. And, uh, and another thing is, of course, if, if, if independence is going to take place or not, that's a completely different argument. And if Bar- what Barcelona think of this, because they quite clearly are becoming uh, worried about it for many reasons. One of them will be, uh, this doesn't, necessarily affect just Barcelona, but Catalan players, if they're not in the European Union, won't be non-European. So there, there, there will be a limit of how many Catalans you can actually have in the Spanish teams, which means you better start planning for that ahead because you have to get rid of the Catalans, because otherwise uh, you'll have an excess of it. But Barcelona have been very uh, quiet and neutral in terms of if, if they won independence or not, and I know a lot of people think that Barcelona is an, uh, it's, it's automatically means a club that defends independence. I think it's been a short period of time when that has happened, and certainly in the Laporta era. But before that and after, they try to be neutral. One thing that Barcelona has defended is the uh, the right of the Catalans to decide the future, which is what uh, the likes of Gerard Piqué has defended as well publicly and has been killed for. But... Uh, in terms of what happens next, Barcelona is worried because if actually they are, they have to, for what, whatever for however long, be part of a Catalan league, well, what does that mean for sponsors? What does that mean for the money coming in, the gates? Uh, you know, Barcelona-Español, even though I'm an, an Español fan, it doesn't ring as you know, exciting as a Barcelona-Real Madrid. Would that mean that Barcelona will have to push for a European league, quicker than other clubs wanted. Uh, you know, it leaves so many doors open to um, to what what's coming next. So I wouldn't criticize Tebas for what he said. I just uh, take the words that he's saying. And and yes, we just don't go, go a little bit deeper in what it means.
3: Guillaume, yeah, you opened up a door uh, into something that I wanted to talk about related to all of this and that is, and we've heard these words before off and on I feel like sporadically over the last decade or so and that is European Super League and and that, that we're we're guiding ourselves in this direction and the way money has taken over football be it in in Spain in, in England and other parts of of Europe that we're we're heading for the European Super League is that going to start being talked about more and more, especially uh, with, uh, with what's going on uh, with, with the aspirations for Catalonian independence and how it relates uh, to Barcelona as a football club?
4: Well, you have to go back to the idea of uh, an independent Catalonia. We don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, we're quite clearly, after the elections so or yesterday on Sunday, uh, what we've got is a situation where the independent parties uh, are going to lead the government. They have an absolute majority, but there's two parties there. Uh, no, more than, more than two parties, but certainly uh, two, two, uh, two groups of, of parties that have uh, can join forces, but they are completely different ideologies. So how that's going to work, we don't know. But one thing that happened in the voting as well is that it didn't get to 50 percent. It was 47 some point something percent of the amount of people that voted for independent uh, parties, which means that half of Catalonia don't want this. Um, so. There's still a lot of negotiations to do, but as I'm saying, that's a completely different, different argument. Now, what happens here is let's, let's imagine that Barcelona have to play in a Catalan league. Obviously, they will push for that, but uh, maybe uh, Porto and Sporting Lisbon and even Real Madrid, Ajax, all these clubs won an European league sooner rather than, than later because it, it will bring them more money, will guarantee them you know, a Clasico uh, once or twice a year. But I'm not sure the Premier League wants that. And that's a big party in, on all this. And I'm not sure how the Bundesliga feels about it either. Uh, I know quite well that uh, a lot of chairmen in, in the Premier League, uh, say Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, perhaps are looking ahead and thinking it would be a good opportunity to, uh, to continue being one of the top clubs in the world, at least financially. But I'm not sure that uh, fans would be happily accept the fact that the Premier League will become will diminish in terms of importance. The Premier League is so huge, in a way that is not the La Liga, for instance. And to actually stop that, and you, you hear the likes of Scudomo, the head of the league there, and saying, hmm, Europa League, no, not something we really want. So I feel they're still miles away, years and years away, uh, before that goes uh, to the way that, you, that you're suggesting. Champions League can become much more exciting, Perhaps changing that will help. But meanwhile, before we get to the Europa League, there's a lot of a lot of uh, road to walk, really.
3: Well, putting the European Super League fantasy aside for a second and coming right back uh, to the current situation with Barcelona, I mean, it, it just blows my mind to think about this potentially happening. And in your opinion... Is it conceivable for one of the biggest and greatest clubs, not only in Spain, but one of the biggest and greatest clubs in, in all of the world of soccer to be pulled out of their their domestic league? It seems like... Someone's going to not let this happen. Someone's going to stop this from happening. In your opinion, is it is it conceivable for the the Catalonian league uh, to to start up potentially if independence is gained?
4: The thing is, the the Catalonian league, a football league, the Spanish league, is is um, small potatoes compared to the bigger picture here, which is a, is a country or nation that feels that they are a nation but they're not a state, and they feel that they need to uh, to have their own frontiers and and to uh, to have the language as the main language etc now this comes on the back of um, a little bit of context on the back of a few years where catalans feel badly treated by by the state by the, by the Spanish state that uh, as a consequence has meant that a lot of people in spain have developed uh, an absurd hate a hatred of of everything that's catalan and and all in all it means that uh, that you know it's a way of saying, okay, we want our space. If you don't want us there, we want our space. I'm not saying I'm against or or in favor. In fact, I'm Catalan. My mother is from Andalusia, from the south of Spain. My dad is Catalan. So I feel more, I feel from Barcelona. I feel from my own district. But if you're going to give me a choice, I would like um, a a country like Spain to be recognized as as a nation of nations, something that is not now, and that every nation feels happy enough to be together to um, to to just continue pro- doing this project which is a young project in a way that's called Spain but in terms of what's gonna happen next it, we 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 can yeah we can say is a it's a possibility it's definitely a possibility that there is a Catalan league um would it be you know, commercial, commercially, will it be viable? Possibly not, which probably that means, considering that football is run by money at the moment, that, that it won't happen or it won't happen for long. But meanwhile, you, we have to open our minds to think, OK, this is bigger than football and as such, things will get affected and football will be affected as well.
3: Well, it is bigger than football, and it's a fascinating conversation. We'll be sure to continue it in the coming days, weeks, and months, and uh, follow what's going on both on a soccer level and, and on, a, on a political level as well. And again, it's yet another example of how politics and soccer do tie together oh so much. Guillaume Balague with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio, the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. We will be back after this next break. And when we get back, we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, the subject of the latest book from Guillaume Balague. we'll talk about guillem's latest piece of work and what people can expect from this book on the man who is perhaps the most popular footballer in the world depending on how you feel about that Lionel messi character we'll talk all about cristiano ronaldo on the other side of this break it's world soccer talk radio stay tuned sports byline broadcasting network
0: It's fall, and there's plenty
2: of outdoor entertaining left to do, starting at the Home Depot. With everything you need to spice up your backyard, frame your yard with a new fence, enjoy the cool, crisp air on a cool new deck. From small upgrades like railing and lighting to a whole new outdoor living area, now's the time to give the backyard an upgrade. Let's do this. Get the best prices on decking and fencing now at the Home Depot.
0: More saving, more doing.
2: Health insurance is on everybody's mind right now. You either don't have it or you have it and you think it's too expensive. And you probably feel like you don't have any options. We can help. We are the Health Markets Insurance Agency. We offer health insurance plans from major carriers nationwide and likely have a plan that can save you money. Whether you're self employed, on a COBRA plan that's about to expire, or you simply don't have health insurance where you work and you need it, the Health Markets Insurance Agency can help you. Our agents will help you find coverage you can afford. Health Markets Insurance Agency is an authorized agency in all 50 states, including the District of Columbia. Plans may not be available in all states. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242.
6: Now is the time to save on hardwood and more at Lumber Liquidators End of Summer Clearance Sale. We're making room for new fall inventory. That means it's your chance to get an incredible deal on solid pre-finished hardwood for just 99 cents. Three-quarter inch solid pre-finished maple for $1.99, plus $1 off Bellawood Brazilian Cherry and Koa Hardwood. Get 10 to 15% off all Morningstar Bamboo. American and European laminate for 49 cents and 24-month special financing. Hurry, the end of summer clearance sale is going on now. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you.
3: Welcome back into World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Alvarea. Tweet me at NateWST. Tweet us all at World Soccer Talk and follow at Sports USA for updates on this program. Guillaume Balaguer is with us in this edition of the show. And it's time to talk about your latest piece of work, Guillaume, a book all about Cristiano Ronaldo. Tell us what can people expect from this book and maybe what, what can they learn about Ronaldo through this book that, that they maybe didn't know before?
4: Well, let me, let me tell you first about the process that uh, got me to do this book, which uh, explains a little bit what kind of book it is. For starters, I, my first book was on, on Liverpool. It's called A Season on the Brink, on that famous uh, final in Istanbul against Milan. And that was done with, you know, talking to the staff of Liverpool, of Milan, even with the referee, with players, etc., uh, the uh, the next one was uh, was about Pep Guardiola and and I said to the publishers if we were gonna do that he had to be talking to Pep. Uh, out of that came out uh, another way of winning and it was a conversation based on a conversation with with Pep and uh, and just basically uh, everybody that knows him and and loves him and hates him as well. And after that. Uh, there was no other option that do messi uh, it had to be done and i started it as a, as a bit of a research on, on what made him uh, the i went to the family and i said can i talk to you and they said no no we we don't talk to to authors about uh, because we've been very disappointed with the books that've been out in the market and uh, you know people have lied to us blah 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 and that's how it I started with messi but eventually they realized that uh, this was a mastodontic gigantic word that I was putting on this ended up being 600 pages of her biography. <laughs> and, uh, and I needed the help for many, th- for many reasons uh, because, because exactly that, because there was a lot of lies being published about Leo. And I wanted to make sure that I was telling the, 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 the truth, the, the, the right versions. Eventually at the end of the book, um, the family decided that uh, it could be an authorised version. So it wasn't at first, but it ended up being an authorised, in fact, the first authorised book on, on Leo Messi. Now, with Cristiano, uh, I got the publishers to say, right, go and talk to him, go and talk to Mendes and all that and, and, and see what you can do. And I was always feel, I felt very uneasy about it because since, 20, since 2012, they've they've kind of created this image of Cristiano. Uh, it's, it's normal. It happens. They, he wasn't winning Ballon d'Ors. Uh, perhaps his behaviour on the pitch sometimes didn't help me to, to, to get commercial deals and so on. Even didn't help him with referees. He needed to change. He needed to mature. And they created this image of him. Uh, so I wasn't very happy working alongside them. Eventually, we decided that, no, I wasn't going to work with, with them. I still was going to go to Madeira, to Lisbon, uh, to Manchester, of course, to Madrid. Uh, Talked to as many people as I could. Uh, I have spoken to Cristiano many times. I presented a a couple of commercial events with him. I've been behind the scenes with him. So I thought I had enough to tell the story without Hestifoot involvement. So that's what we got. uh, And that's what I I I managed to do. Uh, A book that is my version of of the man. Uh, A biography always has a problem, which is you're never in the head of the uh, people you're talking about. you never... Know exactly what they did or where they are or mentally how they feel, but uh, you can get close from a different angle if you are actually uh, working with them. That if you are not working with them, so what I got is a is a is a version of of Cristiano that has surprised me, because at the end of it, I kind of feel sorry for him, and and that sounds a little bit strange, but I seen a guy a kid that at twelve. Uh, his family allowed him to go to Lisbon from Madeira. And now think back of, of your 12-year-old brother or son and think of him leaving Madeira. Like really, it's like crossing the uh, the, the, the ocean at that time almost. Madeira is an island in Africa and going to Lisbon on his own as a 12-year-old. And, and I feel that uh, that's what's made him. Uh, made him certainly as a player. It made him strong mentally. It, it allowed him to focus all his attention in, into developing as a player at Sporting Lisbon, at a club that at the time now we we say how brilliant they are in the academy, but at the time they didn't have the infrastructure or, or, or the or the experience to deal with a 12 year old from Madeira. So made him as a player, but made him as a person as well. Which means I don't think he's got the foundations of of a of a balanced person, if you like. He's still very very much childish. Uh, when he celebrates a d'Or shouting boo. He feels completely out of place. And, and some behavior, and I think he's sent off nine times, five or six of which are for misbehaving. Uh, it suggests to me that he hasn't got the, 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 the base, the personal base to actually develop as a mature person. So I, I'm worrying about him because I think he's picked. I still will score loads of goals, no doubt, but physically he has picked. Uh, he's now a striker. He cannot beat players anymore or not as often. Uh, he has less influence on the game. So how you deal with a personality that uh, psychologists call it the threadmill personality, somebody that's been running all his life in the threadmill. when the threadmill stops, when, when the machine stops, is he going to collapse? Because he's not prepared for what's coming next. So I kind of feel sorry for him because he's been putting all his efforts into one basket, which is to be the best player he can be and he's at some point was the best player in the world but what happens next we will see and i think we're starting to see what's coming next after real madrid anyway with a little bit of a strategy behind some of the words that've been said at the moment some of the words that he says some of the stories that're coming out in the press i feel that he this could be his last season at real madrid so we are seeing um, we are seeing the future of cristiano and, and you know i'm a little bit worried Guillaume, one of the
3: most interesting things that you touched on there is the the debt of the childlike behavior and and the meaning of of the quote-unquote childlike behavior that, that we see uh, exhibited from Cristiano Ronaldo and where that comes from and, and his background and, and leaving as a 12-year-old on a, a mission all his own uh, to become a professional footballer. And it transitions back into something else you talked about there, which is the image uh, that has been created and the perception of Cristiano Ronaldo that's been created. And it's very villainous. There, There is a, a villain-like quality uh, to Cristiano Ronaldo and, and the way that he – everything down to the way that he stands over a free kick, it has this amazing – theatrical villainous quality to it. And, and tying this back in some of the things you touched on there and what you've learned about Cristiano Ronaldo through the creation of this book. Do you think it's something that he embraces being looked at as, as a villain or, or, is it something where deep down he maybe doesn't like that and, and wants to be loved in the way that, that a guy like Lionel Messi is.
4: I kind of agree with what you say, but he doesn't want to be a villain. He wants to be loved by everybody. And he feels that the way he behaves on and off the pitch allows him to be loved by everybody. And he he doesn't understand that what they what people don't react the way he would like them to react, because what he is, is a manipulator of masses. He wants, yeah, the theatrical. He uses the theatrical to attract the attention of everybody. He uses the gestures to uh, to make sure that everybody talks about him and looks at him. But he doesn't understand fully why people hate him, because he hasn't done anything to be hated. He's just a player that works very hard and, and so on. So that's why in 2012, the, um, his people decided to put a little bit of a, of a stop to some of his behavior, although he has come back in, in, in the difficult times, but, uh, and to make him realize that his behavior has got a consequences. So he's got a, psycholo- a psychologist who's been very close, working with him as well, and trying to control some of the things that uh, that he does. But what I'm saying is, he hasn't got the 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 base, the the the, the social skills, the uh, the understanding, the perhaps even uh, the intelligence. That kind of intelligence, he's got intelligence for other things. He's just got a street intelligence. He's got a intelligence on the pitch. He understands about football. But the intelligence to realize that um, actually he is what he was. The way he was brought up, as we all are. And what what he had was two parents that did not look after him. One, because his dad was was an alcoholic that died very young. And his mom let him go very, very quickly. And she wasn't normally there because she had to work for everybody because it was a, a very poor family. So now when you have that kind of parenthood, what tends to happen, again, the, the psychologist says, is that you actually do grow up with your own rules and you don't have anybody else's rules. Uh, parents that uh, that look after you, that, that monitor what you do, that look after, you know, that, that, that uh, kind of direct your, your future, sometimes kill the hopes and the dreams of kids. Parents that are not there allow kids to have those dreams and to develop those those dreams and go for them, as, as Cristiano did. So thank God for those parents, because that gave us Cristiano's the footballer. But Cristiano, the person, I think he will struggle in his life because... Because of all those things I'm, I'm saying, I think he's got to grow, grow up. He's he's a kid, and one day he won't be a kid. In fact, he's got a kid next to him, and they, the way they behave with his son, sometimes they look to me like brothers. They don't look like a father and a and a son, and that tells you what kind of personality Cristiano is. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just describing him, and and that has made me think, feel, if not sorry, feel very compassionate about. What he, ha- he has had to go through, the sacrifices he's had to do to get to where he is, is somebody to admire in many senses. But then you have to ask yourself, if you've got a 12-year-old that wants to be a footballer and you have to let him go to another country, to another continent, do you do that? Should you do that? And I think the answer for me is definitely not.
3: Well, it sounds like you, you very much have, have humanized someone who is incredibly dehumanized in, in the worldwide media in, in oh so many ways. And, and I want to kind of real quickly here in the, the three and a half minutes that we got left here with you, Guillaume, maybe climb a little bit into the author's head here and, and just ask you what, did you, what did you enjoy the most uh, about this? Maybe enjoys the, the wrong word. What was the most amazing experience in terms of the, the creative process of this whole thing?
4: Starts with a blank page, and and you know you have a deadline, and and you have to fill it with with words. Um, the whole process to me is such an amazing experience. that takes absolutely so much of me, that uh, that that makes me ill generally once or twice during the process. But I wouldn't do it any other way. That's um, you know I, I learned that that's how Ronaldo does things, and Messi does things that way as well, and so with Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho. So you know. In a way, you have to do it like that, but in another way that 's what i 've been brought up as i mean I just put absolutely everything in it this summer was was a very hard summer. It was two months of writing the the book the cristiano book and and building building bigles or United at the same time so I had to uh, very be very disciplined by by one o 'clock. I should have done all the club business and then work on on Ronaldo. Uh, and if I had to sleep at five o'clock in the afternoon for three, four hours, I did so. If I had to write until six in the morning, I did so. But it was the hottest summer in the history of Barcelona. They were building an hotel next to me. The, the flat downstairs, they were rebuilding it as well. So there was noise all the time. And having to um, get away from all that and still manage to get a book is uh, something that I give a, a clap to my back and say, well done. But, you know, despite all that, is the last thing that appears in my mind when I think about writing the book. I just I just smile thinking I've been able to write another book and that soon I may be able to, well, I have to start two more because that's the deal I've got with the publishers.
3: <laughs> and, uh, Guillaume, when, how, and where can the good listeners of World Soccer Talk Radio get this latest book on Cristiano Ronaldo?
4: It's com- coming out in England on the 5th of um, November and... After that, I think it's been sold already to five or six countries. Every country will have to buy the, the rights. That's how it works. Uh, via Amazon, if you bought it uh, via the UK version of Amazon, you can do that, I guess. But generally, you, you'll have to wait until uh, a publisher in the United States buy the book, which I haven't got the, the latest list of countries that have bought it, but I know that Messi uh, is in the United States, so is the, my Barcelona Illustrated book and, and the Pep Guardiola one. So I, I presume hope. That uh, that is there very soon, but I haven't got a, a date yet yet for for the states.
3: Well, we certainly hope so as well. And it has been an immense pleasure and an immense privilege having you on the show today, Graham. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck spreading this book to everybody, and best of luck with Biggles Wade United FC. Mm-hmm. We will be keeping a very close eye on that and giving some updates on everything going on with Biggles Wade United. Really appreciate your time, and again, you're welcome back anytime, sir.
4: Thank you, Senora Valrena.
3: <laughs> Beautiful. Guillermo
4: Valague. That
3: was the man right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We are going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll take the express train home. Another quick tip of my cap to MPG of the San Jose Earthquakes, the man who scored a game-winning goal yesterday and was then sent off for ripping off his shirt in celebration. Absolute legend, Matias Perez-Garcia. Another huge thank you to Guillaume Baligay. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned.
2: Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies?
3: That was an absolute blast. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. A great chat with Guillaume Balagay, one of the finest football writers in all of the world, a great broadcaster in his own right as well. And best of luck to Guillaume at Biggles Wade United FC in the ninth tier of English football, working as the director of football for Biggles Wade United. Check it out. It is a great, great story. And the aspirations are something to keep an eye on as well. What they're trying to do on a grander level. It's about more than just Biggles Wade United FC, but perhaps influencing English football through his work with that tiny club in the ninth tier. Biggles Wade United FC. Love it. Absolutely love it. I promised one final tip of my cap to MPG, Matias Perez-Perez. Garcia, who yesterday scored on a brutal deflection, albeit. Sorry, Nick Ramondo, you were not going to be beaten by anything but the most brutal deflection. Mr. Perez Garcia scores the winning goal for the San Jose Earthquakes. He's already on a yellow card. And again, this has happened in world soccer before. It's actually happened in MLS before, but I have never, ever seen this on TV live, let alone in the stadium live. Perez Garcia. On a yellow, scores the goal, rips off his shirt in celebration, and is shown red, walks off the pitch after scoring the winning goal with a red card to his name for taking off the shirt. You are an absolute legend. The Quakes are going to miss you in the next match, but hopefully you can get back and push SJ to the playoffs in Major League Soccer. For the gaffer, for the producers, my name is Nate Aburea. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye for now.